Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The views expressed and the opinions given by their guests do not necessarily reflect those of the Odyssey Files hosts, its affiliates, or its sponsors. This is Susan Slaughter from Paranormal Caught on Camera, introducing you to the most epic show ever, The Odyssey Files with David Soaring and Michael O'Neill. You're welcome. Pew, 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 pew. Ah! Kim, what are you doing? Well, I'm telling Mike and Dave, it's time to get on the show. Oh. Well, the Odyssey Files starts now. Paranormal community, you are watching and hopefully at some point in time listening here to the Odyssey Files. I'm your host, Michael O'Neill. With me, as always, appearing to be what is in an after-school special is my co-host, Mr. David Sorry, Good evening, Dave. Good evening, Mike. Good evening, everybody. Welcome Sorry, back. I was... Yeah, thanks. Sorry, I was <laughs> off there a couple weeks. I've been having a little bit of issues, so... Just bear with me. <clears throat> if you see me like looking like I'm coughing, my, like I'm going to pass out and fall out of the chair or something, I'm, I'll be okay. Yep. So it'll be on mute. But, uh, but anyway, it's good to be back. It's good to be back. I miss doing this on Mondays. I hate when I can't do it. So it's good to be back on. Um, and I'm ready. I'm excited. I'm excited <laughs> to do some stories. Excited to kind of dissect some topics. I'm really, I'm excited to talk about something that I had no idea even existed, which obviously you guys were talking about last week in my absence was the Black Knight satellite. So yeah, that'll be hour yeah. two. But I, I read a bunch of stuff on it here this evening and I've got, I got some questions and I've got some kind of some opinions. So, <laughs> well, that's, uh, that's why we're going to take a little bit of time in the second hour to talk about that. Cause Kim and I from last week uh, just, Found that out like that day. Never heard of it before. And, uh, you know, I'd even said I, I'm, I'd i like to see your your take on it and, and uh, get get your opinion on it. Because I don't think that you had ever heard of it either. And I was correct. No. Yeah, no, I hadn't. Awfully, awfully strange. Um, really, and, and I and I don't want to do a prelude to it, but I, I'll just say this. It's awfully strange that even way back in the day that Nikola Tesla thought that that possibly that he was communicating with that satellite, which yeah. is you're going back to the 1890s now, you know, when Tesla was really doing some stuff that was way ahead of his time, which we just talked about tonight in a future show coming up. We're going to actually talk about Nikola Tesla because he, yep. the guy was a genius. The guy was so far ahead of his time and he was having a lot of what he considered to be conversations with otherworldly beings. 
<clears throat> so there's a lot of really good stuff in there to digest and talk about and stuff. So that'd be a great show too, but we got a great show tonight. Yes, we do. Uh, so, so we, we are going to talk about myths of the paranormal. Basically what a, a lot of people commonly believe are attributed to the paranormal. Uh, and, and even though the paranormal goes, you know, into cryptids and UFOs, I think pro probably most of our, our stuff, and I don't, I don't know what all yours are, you know, Dave, but uh, um, probably stick more to the supernatural part of it. Yeah. I, I think the ones that I saw that I, <clears throat> that I dug into are more kind of more ghostly, more supernatural type of, there are a lot, you know, obviously it stretches way out into the UFO realm. And into the cryptid, like the really popular cryptids, like Bigfoot. There's a lot of stuff on Bigfoot too with that. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, but that's another show. You know, God, we could do we could do months worth of shows on Bigfoot and have different guests on with different opinions of what they think Bigfoot is. And <clears throat> so we're not going to do that though because we're not a Bigfoot show. No, we are a no. paranormal show. So right. You're going to get some UFO in there. You're going to get some Bigfoot in there. You're going to get some Loch Ness Monster in there. You're going to get some ghosts and spirits in there. Demons and angels. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so, <clears throat> that uh, besides the Black Knight Scatolite. Scatolite. Wow. I guess that would be if they suddenly launched turds into outer space. Possibly. Would, would that be a Scatolite? Like Scat, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Scatolite. Although the picture I saw, uh I you know, and we'll talk more about that too, but they said it's of course it's a uh it's a thermal space blanket. Yeah, a yeah. thermal blanket. And then somebody actually posted a picture of what a thermal blanket looks like, and then I look back at the photo and I'm like, Yeah, yeah, I'm I just not feeling it. That goes right back to Roswell when the crash happened and they found the metal. And they were folding it up like aluminum foil, and it was expanding back to its normal shape. And then they're like, "What the hell is this stuff that we found?" And then they it's go a weather balloon. Yeah, and then they go, go. They're like, "Oh my god, a UFO crash! We got some incredible stuff, including aliens." And then I think it was not even a day later, whatever, twelve hours later, whatever it was. They're like, "Yeah, no, no, it was just a weather balloon. There's no dead alien bodies. There's no metal that crumples and then forms, reforms itself." And we're not using any of this technology to create stealth bombers or any type of NASA projects or anything like that either. So just so you know, right? It's, it's just it's, a weather balloon. It's all human ingenuity. That's right. That's right. Pat ourselves on the back hard on that one. <laughs> um, yeah. So all that is is, is coming up here in uh, the, in the second hour. So that's going to be it's going to be a phenomenal time. So stay tuned for that. But first, we have another set of of stories uh one of which actually uh talks about one of the the myths that we are going to be discussing later yeah. um which I, I might add i'm very upset that you did not give that story to me but that uh, happens <laughs> i understand look at it this way i gave myself the 47 page you did uh, doll story so if you want to switch, if you want to switch, I'll do number one. I'll do the odds, and you could do the evens this week if you want to. Nope, I'm good. To me. Okay. Nope, I'm good. I kind of figured so. that was going to be the answer. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So getting into story, uh, story number one: red eyes in closet. 
apparently the wasn't available for that title. Uh, I lived in a double wide trailer up until age six. I remember the Fox wood paneling on the walls would freak me out because the pattern looked like mean eyes, but I don't really remember much else about living there. Okay. My mom told me recently that they sold the trailer and it moved to an, it moved to another part of town. The new owner called her, uh, called her up asking if it was haunted because her daughter keeps talking to the closet and they both saw red eyes glowing. My mom told her that they were not aware of it being haunted, but she would walk by on many, many occasions and I would be talking to the closet. I have no memory of this, but it really freaked me out uh, that maybe something was trying to mess with me. I've had lifelong OCD and anxiety with scary intrusive thoughts. And sometimes as a kid, I would almost think that something else lived in my brain torturing me. Anyone have a guest? A guess? A guess. Well, no. Anyone have a guess? Apparently my English is flawed tonight. Uh, What would have red glowing eyes and in a closet? So the first thing that I I want to I want to hit here is again, and I'm still looking for this answer. Why does everything have a closet? Like every freaking entity comes out of the closet. Mm-hmm. Are are is it like a symbolic type thing? Uh, I I don't know. Uh, I don't know if we just inherently find closets creepy, like basements, because you almost never ever have a have a case a residential case where the somebody in the home hates the basement right everybody hates their basement doesn't matter if it's finished or unfinished right they hate the basement and i don't know if that's a societal thing you know like one of those where people that now that we keep pumping out show after show after show that deals with demonic entities that everything that everybody now thinks everything is demonic I don't know. So because everybody hates their basement and movies and shows and stuff, does everybody now hate their basement? Again, don't know. But the closet, the closet and corners, every effing entity out there is either seen in a corner or they're seen in the closet. They're not like dancing in the middle of the room. They're in the closet staring at them or they're in the corner staring at them. Right. I don't I don't know why nobody's ever been able to ask me or answer, answer that question for me. No idea. So here we go again with another closet story. Now, obviously, if let's just say for the sake of argument, there 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 is an entity, there is a spirit, whatever. It's obviously attached to the house because it stayed with the house as it moved across town, which I find hilarious, but that's just be um uh so i mean probably the reason why you don't remember it is you probably blocked it out you know if 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 you really wanted to figure that out like an alien abduction you just go to a you know a hypnotist hypnotherapist whatever and see if she can go back to that time where you were talking with to your closet but Obviously, you got out. I don't think anything was in your mind torturing you. Uh, I think that's just a neurotic way of being a kid. <laughs> I'm sure there's a lot of kids who are that kind of way. Like, ah, oh, uh, I'm so 
you know, I'm, I'm so distraught about, you know, whatever, because I have to do homework, whatever. It's, it's been a long time since I've been a kid. What can I say? Whatever the children are doing these days. But uh, obviously you got out just fine. I mean, yeah, you have OCD, but who knows? Maybe who? There's nothing saying that your experiences as a kid are the reasons why this happened. Because I know a hell of a lot of people who have had no paranormal experiences whatsoever who are OCD and have, you know, societal anxiety, anxiety and stuff. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you can't just automatically attribute that to some sort of paranormal, you know, experience or experiences you had as a kid. Could it be? Yes. You know, is it? Who knows? Um, honestly, I, you know, if this thing keeps up or whatever, or maybe now that, now that this other new homeowner has seen it along with their daughter, if it continues, get a team in there, get a, get a, you know, reputable uh, medium in there to, to clear it out. Um, if anything, it could be a former homeowner just trying to, to scare the people who are there, I, I don't think it's demonic in any way. I don't think it's, I don't even think it's evil. You know, just because it's red eyes does not automatically equal evil. Usually it does. I know Dave, you're probably going to disagree with me on that one, <laughs> which well, is fine. Yeah. I was going to say, I, to me, really more yellow eyes to me would be like really evil, you know, red eyes to be red eyes could just be a reflection of light. Because I mean, I've I've taken pictures and I've seen things myself, where if you change your perspective and move a little bit, the red eyes disappear. But if you're looking at it in a specific way, they look like they're glowing red. So I don't I, don't, I won't disagree with you on that. Yellow eyes for sure. I, I I don't like yellow eyes to me are demonic because gotcha. nothing has yellow eyes. You know what I mean? Like that, like you don't take a picture and go, oh, I got to get rid of the yellow eye, right? You take a picture and you go, I got to use the red eye filter. Mm -hmm. You don't ever see, there's no yellow eye filter, so. <clears throat> That's fair. Um, so, yeah. So, I mean, going on the assumption that there is something in the home, get a team in there, get a medium in there, uh, reputable team medium, and see what they come up with, see if they can get rid of it for you. See, uh, you know, see what they can, uh, what answers they can bring you. But for the author of this, I, I hate to be so blunt, get over it. You know, you're, you're not in that home anymore. It's not following you. Uh, if you want to, again, if you want to know if that has affected you in some way, go to a, uh, a hypnotherapist and see what they can come out in your memories. Yeah, I uh, I agree with a lot of the stuff you said. Um, it, it's definitely not demonic. If it was demonic, we'd be talking about attacks here. We'd be talking about uh, mental and physical abuse. Um, obviously, the goal is possession, but it takes a long time. <clears throat> it's that you don't get possessed overnight, so you'd have year. You would have a long time of oppression and depression and things that would really screw your life up. Um, you know, you lived in a double wide until you were age six. I agree with you in a, in a sense, you know, move on from it, I guess. I mean, you said get over it. I would say move on from it. Um, 
same thing. Tomato, tomato. Exactly. Yeah. Mine, it's mine's just not quite as like sharp edged. That's all. Um, talk about it. Talk about it. That's that's the best therapy there is. Talk about it to your friends. Talk about it to your family, your aunts, your uncle. Talk about it to people who were at the trailer. See if people that were there saw something too, but at the time didn't want to freak you out even more or didn't want to accept it themselves. And maybe now, years later, and the and the trailer's gone and there's no more concern, <clears throat> um, maybe they're willing to talk about it. And maybe through, you know, the therapy is the best thing you could do. So whether you go to a hypnotherapist or a past life regression therapist or past experience regression type of therapy, or you just talk with your family, people you love, that getting it out and talking about it is probably the best thing that is going to help you move forward from it. You know, uh, I, I can tell you for a fact, I hate closets too. Everything that happened to me started in a fucking closet. So I hate closets too. And yeah, I used the F-bomb for the first time ever on the show. Uh, but that's how much I hate closets. So, you know, does it, does it start there? Yeah, I agree with Mike. It's the basement, closets, corners, and attics. If your house had an attic. Um, it always seems to be those those places, but I, I'm i not a big fan of closets either. So, um, you know, we got a little brotherhood, I guess, with that. But that's about, uh, that's about it. I mean, nobody got hurt. I think I, I don't think that it's fair for you to blame your OCD and anxiety and scary intrusive thoughts on your life up until age six. I don't think that's fair for you as a human being to put yourself in such a tiny little box and then just pile all the shit of your life into that box. That's just it, don't do that to yourself. You, you're just hurting yourself. So talk about it. Share thoughts, share your feelings, share your fear, share it all. Cry about it if you have to when you're talking about it. Get it out of your system. Get it out of your mind. Get it out of your brain. Just let it out. And trust me. I mean, I, I know you don't know. Just trust me. The more you talk about it, the better you're going to feel. You will not feel worse. You'll feel better. So it might take a little bit. It's not going to happen overnight. But you got to start sometime. You got to start someplace. So, all right. Anything else? Nope. Okay. Number two. Do you attract demons into your life? Um, before I even read it, I'm going to answer the question. I don't. <laughs> I don't personally attract demons, but are there people that do attract demons by their lifestyle? I would say that I am on the page of yes. I do think that a particular type of lifestyle or actions leads it draws darkness to your life depending at you know and we, that's we could do a whole that's actually a good topic for a show actually <clears throat> not necessarily does it draw demons to your life but do your actions draw negative entities into your life that didn't just create more and more and more and more chaos and shit to happen i but we could do a whole show on that but anyway so do you attract demons into your life um debunk this some of my family members strongly believe that by watching, reading, talking about, etc., anything paranormal and supernatural will attract spirits and even demons into your life. Yet, my whole immediate family has been doing all three of those things for years. I've only had one paranormal incident, but that was almost three years ago. So what do you think? 
Do you believe this to be true or false? Okay. So the question you're asking in the actual title and the question you're asking in the body of your story is two separate questions here, the way I read it anyway. Um, does reading, watching, talking about things that are supernatural and paranormal, will it attract spirits into your life? I'm going to say yes. Is it going to attract demons into your life? I'm going to say no. Your lifestyle is going to attract demons into your life. Um, but if you are watching, reading, talking about, interested in, focused on paranormal events, spirits, ghosts, let's just stay in that realm. I know par we know paranormal encompasses a lot of stuff, but let's just stay with spirits and ghosts. Yes, I think it would. I think it, it, it has the possibility of attracting the spirit activity into your life because you're focusing on that. And as you're focusing on it, your energy is, is focused in that direction now. Whereas maybe before, you know, so they said three years ago, for the last three years, they've been doing all these things. So prior to that, <clears throat> you know, maybe you were reading the Bible every night, or maybe you were taking walks with your dog every night, or maybe, you know, who knows, maybe you went out for ice cream every night and you didn't, you never watched any of the shit on TV about supernatural stuff and demons and all this other stuff. But now you are. So now your focus has changed. Will that possibly cause a spirit to be attracted to you? Absolutely. I, I, I believe that absolutely. And I've said it. I have told investigators this from day one. People I've trained, people that I've worked with, people I've gone out with, just friends, even friends of mine that don't investigate, but, but really are into investigating and really into the paranormal. That the more you focus on what it is that you're doing, the more you're opening up that door, you're opening up that crack. And once you get it to a certain point and it's open and you see the other side and the other side sees you, there is no going back. You can't close the door. And I, that's my personal belief. People could tell me I'm right and wrong. I'm full of shit, whatever. That's perfectly fine. It's not going to affect me. Um, I, I, I honestly think that once you see your first spirit, once you see the other side, that there is something there behind the door and it sees you that that door will never close again. No. And honestly, why, why should it? I mean, you wanted, you wanted it to happen. It happened. You know, spirits aren't going to like hunt you down and like peel your flesh off. They're not demons. You know, they're just spirits. We talk about stuff like that all the time with mediumship and whatnot. You know, do you have like a light in the darkness? because you have the ability to communicate or they think that you have the ability to help them or transition them. You know, I think the more that you get into a topic, the more your focused energy is on that topic, the more energy you're putting out into the universe on that specific topic. So demons, no entities, spirits. I'm going to say yes. We have had this question multiple times before and right. ev every single time until this right. time. Right. Your answer has been no, absolutely. You're you're crazy if you think that. And now right. all of a sudden you're you're like I always believed this that you could attract things just by watching TV. Okay, well maybe I shouldn't say I always believed it, but I I believe that 
I, I believe that if you focus your energy enough on a specific thing for years, do I think that paranormal TV is going to cause you to have paranormal events in your house? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And I think that's what they were asking. But they're saying, what they're saying is watching, reading, and talking about, etc., which means there's even more to that. So it's not just watching paranormal TV. That's not what it says. If it is, Am I going to get an attachment by watching paranormal TV? That's not what this question is. Some of my family members strongly believe that by watching, reading, talking about, etc. So there's more to that. Anything paranormal and supernatural will attract spirits and even demons into your life. So if I, you know, if you're reading, openly talking about watching, exploring, what does etc. mean? To me, etc. means maybe you're investigating. You know, maybe you've taken it to the next step. Maybe you've watched one too many shows and think that you're the Superman of paranormal investigations. There's a show out there with a female right now on Discovery Plus that obviously she watched one too many shows because she thinks that she should be out there investigating. I'm not going to say who it is. You'll have to tell me because I don't know what you're talking about. Good God. I wanted to just run into a wall head first until I either destroyed the brain cells that understood what TV is or knock myself unconscious so I didn't have to listen to her voice anymore. It's the worst, absolutely worst show ever conceptually put together in the history, in the history of paranormal TV. What is, what is the show? What is the show with the idiot with the masks? With the freaking potato sack mask. What was the name of that damn show again? Oh, Ghost Bait. Ghost Bait. I would I would give Ghost Bait an eight out of ten if I compared it one to one with this show. You you have to tell me the name of this person over in Facebook. I will. I will. I want to know Let's now. <laughs> Send it over Facebook while I'm talking. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, um, because I really want to know. I, I'm going to send uh, it to you right now. All right, so all right, you, so put your, you put your two cents in there or your thoughts on what your what your thoughts are without okay. me, without picking my thoughts apart. <laughs> all right. That's fair. All right. So when I first read the title, Do You Attract Demons Into Your Life? <laughs> like I already had my answer complete before I read this question. And then when I read the question itself, I'm like, that's something completely different. So I'm with you on that one that what the question is and what the title is are two completely different questions. Right. So do you attract demons into your life? Which is the, the, obviously the title. Yes, you can. I agree with you wholeheartedly on that one. I think that, uh, you know, it's, it's often a claim that they go after, um, you know, like recovering drug addicts or alcoholics because they're easier to get to. They're already um, broken down. Right. To an extent. Exactly. You know, and their, def and their, their defenses are broken down. So, yeah. And then they take those issues, those former issues, and they exasperate them mm -hmm. and they exaggerate them and they, they make it so it, it's it comes back tenfold. Right. And that and that's how they get you, you know. So but if you're if you are just leading your life, if you're going to work every day, you're coming home to your family and that, you know, you mow the lawn, you just live a normal life. No. I don't think you can attract demons. It's not worth their time. Um, you know, you haven't dipped your finger into the into the pool. They're not going to see any ripples that you make. Um, they're not going to care at all that you are there. Oh yes, okay. Sorry, I just saw the the yeah. The I figured. 
absolute a hundred percent. We I'll tell you what, when you want to actually when you want to like just destroy like you got some frustration and you want to watch, I'll watch it with you. We could just sit there and verbally rip the thing into five billion fine pieces of shit. That is how bad that show is. And what and one particular episode that and we're there's multi, I don't know how there's eight episodes. I have no idea. <laughs> but there is one episode where the guest of the show actually says, well, if you're not going to come out and play, how about if I just dance on your grave? Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. That's what that is the mentality of the show. Okay. Gotcha. So I don't think I could watch that. <laughs> you you won't I, make it. Yeah. You won't make it five. You, I'll force if, you to make it 10 minutes so that I can show you the moments that caused me to explode, but you won't make it five minutes. It, 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 if I can't make it 10 minutes into a destination fear episode, I won't make it. Yeah. I won't well, you're not going to, you're not going to make, if you can't do 10 minutes of destination fear, you're not going to do 10 minutes of this shit. No. There's absolutely okay. no doubt about it. All right. And so if anybody wants to know what we're talking about, private message me because I don't want to get into trouble for publicly saying the name of the show. <laughs> I don't think we would because it's a personal opinion, but who knows in today's society and everybody whines about everything. I don't even want the shit in my life. So right. So send me a private message and I'll tell you what my thoughts are. Exactly. So okay. To the the the, the body of the text. Mm-hmm. Can, you know, can you you know, some family members strongly believe that watching, reading, talking about, etc., uh, will attract spirits and even demons into your life. Mm-hmm. I, I honestly do not believe that at all. Uh, spirits, especially demons. But now, and, and Dave, you mentioned this, and so yep. I want to, I want to put the little, you know, asterisks there. Okay. If all you are doing is reading stories, watching paranormal television. You're maybe sitting on the couch, just having a conversation, uh, you know, between friends. You know, you and I do it all the time. I don't believe you're going to attract anything that you would not otherwise attract in general. If you go forward and that, as you said, Dave, that interest Mm -hmm. in, you know, because you watch the TV, because you're reading these books, because you're having these conversations, you decide to act on that. You bring out a Ouija board. You go on an investigation. You go try to investigate a cemetery. You you buy a digital recorder and start investigating your own home. Exactly. Because that's a bad, totally a bad move also. But there's a lot of people that do that. Yes. If you start to act with the intent to reach the other side, then yes. Yes. you, you, You will... You will attract what you are asking for. If you are asking for demons, you will probably eventually, if you do it enough times, get get a demon uh, who will obviously come and destroy your life. So, hey, you get what you asked for. Exactly. So, so, I mean, because we don't know what the et cetera is, I think if all you are doing is having that interest of turning on the television or reading a book, and that is it, and you, you are not actually focusing with the intent forgot about that and your focus the intent to reach the other side i think you'll be just fine um i don't think you can you can attract uh so and and damn i was gonna wait till the second hour to give my thing but <laughs> you screwed me up with your with you saying yes and i'm like now i have to respond to that <laughs> that's fine 
that's what makes for good uh, talk radio <laughs> exactly um so yeah so that's uh and because i was so like flabbergasted by your answer i wasn't even to call those people morons <laughs> well, so I, I i i on behalf of the individual who wrote this question in i'm going to say thank you for not referring to, <laughs> to them as morons that i had a little bit to do with that so i'll just i'll speak <laughs> on their behalf tonight gotcha all right so uh yeah that's my answer. And I'll, I'll probably go into even more detail later, you know, and that'll be a, a yeah, discussion. we'll touch on that. We'll touch on that in a second hour. Yeah. yeah. So, all right. Uh, number three, he just looked in my room and, and then left. This is an experience. So, okay. This happened a couple of years ago, but I'm still trying to figure it out. I woke up in the middle of the night and turned around to see a man had opened my door. He wasn't menacing at all. Had nicely cut hair, glasses, a nice but casual button-up shirt and pants. He seemed to be in his mid-30s or so. He looked inside my room left to right, and the only way I can describe it was that it was as if he was, quote-unquote, checking something. So I asked him what, uh, but he didn't say anything and just slowly uh, closed the door. I was a little freaked out, not because he was scary, but because I was confused as to what just happened. The next morning, I told my mom about it, and she said maybe it was my dad. But why would my dad be wearing glasses, which he doesn't wear, and dress nicely in the middle of the night? Anyways, it never happened again, but I'm wondering if this was some kind of ghost or my imagination. <clears throat> so to, 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 to put it simply, I think what you encountered was residual energy. Mm -hmm. um, it didn't interact with you whatsoever. Um, it almost made the, uh, the motions of maybe what a father would do open the door, check the room, look left to right, make sure everything is good in the room, shut the door and leave. Right. Um, so, you know, it might've happened again. It just didn't wake you up. Um, but even if it didn't, I don't think it was uh, a conscious entity. Uh, you were not being haunted. You don't have an attachment. I think what you saw is you woke up in the proper time to see a replay of an event that probably happened almost every night of of something from the past history of the house um so i i really want to worry about it i mean it doesn't really sound like you're worried about it but you're still trying to figure it out yep um you you can move on from this uh i just think that you again you saw that tape playing over again you happened to be awake when it happened you don't need to to think about it anymore i uh, i'm with you 100 percent um the thing that I really liked about this was that the, the person who experienced this, it doesn't say if they're male or female, but the person, the individual who experienced this saw this entity so clearly, mm -hmm. right? Like had a nice haircut. Like when's the last time you saw somebody talking about a, seeing a spirit and be like, yeah, they had this really nice haircut. It was really important. You know, just look great on them. You know, and and a really nice shirt. It was kind of casual, but it was a nice button-up shirt. Like, they could tell it was a button-up shirt and pants. I'm with you 100% on the residual thing. Um, but as we know, and as I live my life, everything happens for a reason. So for whatever reason this was, you were supposed to see that. I don't know if it was – I have no idea why. But everything happens for a reason. Nothing is just coincidental in my life. I don't believe that in coincidences. So uh, 
maybe it was just supposed to be something that to expand your mind and it's going to take you and having this experience is going to open up a door somewhere down the road for you that you that you might not have opened up because you would have never experienced anything like it that's how my mind works so i think that moving forward somewhere down the road this incident which i believe it was an incident i do not believe it was your imagination that we if it was your imagination you wouldn't be describing him in such fine detail um i think that you saw this and you were meant to see this because somewhere in the future it's going to create a path for you that's going to be where you're supposed to be that's going to be uh, you're going to be on your path and this is just a little moment in time that you needed to see that's fair yeah i mean i think you know how else can you describe it i mean i because i'm listening to you and i'm thinking okay well we know residual hauntings happen obviously you're not going to interact with them you know i've seen them myself you've seen them everybody you know people that have been in the field for a long time we've all seen residual stuff um but when you you know go, going on what you said right it's if it's like happening frequently but you never wake up right but this one particular time you happen to there's a reason why this one particular time you happen to and see them so okay i love this one and god if i i'm glad i'm not in a bad mood and that i feel better than i have for the last two weeks because otherwise i would just destroy the <laughs> shit out of this <clears throat> so how to properly start the evp <laughs> all right <laughs> remember that anytime you start your talking with spirits, you have to say questions. If you want negative spirits to say, demand because I was doing this and something said demand like that was what worked. Be careful with what you say because you don't want to invite negative things. You'll know if you have angered a spirit. Always say goodbye. Remember to say it cannot follow you. So <clears throat> this is not a question, but I chose it anyway. Because this obviously is some sort of meant to be some sort of advice on how to properly do an EVP session. Now, <clears throat> I I can't get into this the way I want to tonight, so I'm sure I'm going to readdress this down the road when I'm a little healthier. But I will say this about it tonight: you heard me. You heard what I read. Throw that shit out of your head. Pretend like I never ever said it. Don't do anything that. Whatever I just read that you heard, do not do anything anything like this. That is not how you do an EVP session. I'm going to let Mike destroy this one because I know he's just dying, waiting to dive into the deep end here on this. But this person, this I, I, I re, it scares me when people who don't know what they're doing like think that they're out there should be giving advice to other people. And then regretfully, there are new people who have never done an EVP session and they don't know what they're doing. And so they look online and that's where our society lives. Now they look online and they're like, well, I'm going to go look and see how somebody else is doing it or what they're doing. And then I, you know, I'll use that as a guideline or I'll do what they do because they're writing about it. But okay, please, 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 please just throw that shit out. If you want to know how to do an EVP session and you're in the, in Minnesota, Call me and I'll do it. I'll go out and do an EVP session with you and show you how you should do it. Or, you know, maybe we'll do a show on on the proper way to do EVP or like a half hour, you know, like and all we'll do is specifically we'll actually demonstrate like how to do a proper EVP session. Um, 
it'd be good to do actually maybe we could get a site and do a live stream or something but and because i'm not going to do it here but you know like do it at a location that we could get access to or that we could go to and do a you know a show from a remote location so we you know and actually yeah right actually do an evp session you know and show how to properly do it and do it respectfully and you don't start asking negative questions and you don't you know okay i'm gonna stop because my throat's starting to really hurt so mike have at it uh <clears throat> wow i don't even know where to begin uh like I, I i can't i can't choose whether to just address the question or just start swearing because the not only is just the, the everything that this person said completely idiotic but he didn't even write it very well like you, you have to say questions. No, you have to ask questions. You. So basically, like half of my answer, if if this were being typed out, would just be a bunch of like those those uh, symbols. You know, like you know, like <laughs> after, you know, yes. That, yes. that's that's what half half of my answer would look like. Okay. Remember that anytime you start talking to spirits, you have to ask questions. Yes, yes, you do. But that's not all you have to do, or that's not all you can do. Right. And, and like we know, like some of the best DVPs we've ever gotten don't come during question sessions. They come during normal conversation questions like, hey, what'd you have for dinner last night? Well, it was Tuesday. So it was Taco Tuesday at the house. And so and so was making tacos, and I made some refried beans. And then but, you know, and then all of a sudden you get this great EVP that comes in like, I love tacos, you know, and and we catch those and we laugh about it because we're just like, oh, OK, well, that's great, man. I'm glad you like tacos, too. You know, exactly. <clears throat> and, and, and as I said, not everything has to be a question. Mm -mm. Uh, you know, you can make a statement and then, you know, wait for any sort of a response. Right. If you want negative spirits to say, if you want negative spirits to say demand, I think he's, even though he wrote it in a completely obnoxious and idiotic fashion, I think he's pretty much saying you have to demand. I kind of got, yeah, I got that feeling like you're commanding them in yes. such a way that you're demand, like you're binding them is kind of what, what my mind went to with that statement. I mean, a, a lot of trying people, to find them. right. I mean, a lot of investigators who believe that they are dealing with demons like to start out with questions, you know, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you, right. you know, that that sort of thing. Right. Uh, that's not going to work against a regular, like, former homeowner who's just trying to enjoy his house after passing away. Right. Uh, when you demand spirits to do this, you're going to get kicked in the nuts. And sometimes I mean that literally. Like you're all of a sudden you're going to feel a huge pain in your groin area because some spirit just kicked you in the nuts. Or a burning sensation on your arm or your back or your neck because they're well, going right. to smack you or scratch you because you're being disrespectful. Right. Or you find the, the professional spirits and they're just going to leave you alone. They're not even going to bother with you. Right. You're not going to get anything. We do not this. Okay. This may be our plane. 
and they may be guests on it. So we do have some power. But they also have their choice still of whether they want to interact with us or not. Right. And if you start acting like a jackass, not only are they not going to give you what you actually want, but they'll probably follow you home and scare the living crap out of you there just because they can and they got nothing but time. It right. has happened. And it, happens, it happens frequently. It's not a rarity. That is not what Mike just said. That is not a rarity. That is a frequent event for people that don't know what they're doing. Yes. Uh, in fact, a question I get asked often, like during presentations and stuff, is what is the best way not to be followed home? My answer every single time right off the bat is don't be a dick. Right. Be respectful. And if you're going to go into somebody's former home, you're even going to go into like Edinburgh Manor and start talking to the residents there as right. though they owe you something. Right. And you're going to, you can command them. You're, you're going to get hurt. Yep. Or ignored. Either one, there's no middle. <laughs> you're not going to be like, oh, Jason is demanding that I speak to him. I got, I guess I got to do it. No. Yeah. It's not going to happen. No. So, uh, be careful what you say. Yes, that is actually true. Be careful what you say. And uh, well, of course, you don't want to invite negative things. And if you do, well, then you deserve what you get. Now, always say goodbye and remember to say that it can't follow you. Now, you can say that during EV in an EVP session. You just don't need to. Right. You know, when you know what I do, I've been doing it for, you know, eight, nine years now. At the beginning of the investigation, I lay down the rules. Just don't attack us. Don't attach yourself to us. Don't follow yep. us home. Yep. And then at the end of the investigation, completely, good night and goodbye. That's all yep. you have to say. You don't need to end every EVP session with a goodbye unless that is the end of everything. I do agree with that. If, if you're ending everything for that night, it is good to say goodbye. Just to right. make sure that there's no miscommunication that you want to continue doing right. what you're kind you're of doing. closing the door in that like like not literally but you know and and there there are some places where i don't even feel i need to do that the leduc mansion for that is i know they're not going to follow me home i know they mean me no harm they know i mean them no harm i do not feel like i need to be like okay i'm ending this session goodbye you know right. or let's investigate because i know that they're not going to do anything but you go into like Edinburgh Manor, Villisca, Malvern Manor, you know, Waverly. Right. Yeah, you might want to end the investigation with a goodbye. Right. You well, you got to remember you're dealing with those are all asylums. So if you're in an asylum situation, the people's mentality obviously is from A to Z in that place. Right. So some people are going to be with you and be like, hey, this is cool. I like this guy. I like his vibe. I'm going to walk around with him and maybe I'll share some stuff with him if he talks to me. And some other people are going to be so out of their mind that they're not even going to understand what the hell's happening, you know. And then you say something that triggers them. It's probably a good idea to say good night and goodbye. Just be like, okay, I'm done. Right, the door is being closed. Same thing with prisons, I think. Hmm. Like, I think, I think that you know, you if you're not careful, if you go to a really dark, go one of the top ten, you know, dark prisons, and there's. People who are into the paranormal, I mean, I don't need to name them all, but you'll know them. West Virginia's one, Montana, Joliet, um, and many, many, many others. Rocky Mountain, Eastern State, Ohio State. Right, exactly. I mean, there's, 
you know, top 10, top 12 bloodiest prisons. Those were really, really bad situations. And I, I personally think you need to be careful when you walk into places like that. And you need to have respect. Because, I mean, when we were in West Virginia, I was being respectful. I got spit on. I got shanked. I mean, I got, you know, and I wasn't even being aggressive. I was just being like, hey, I'm, I'm glad to be here. This is like my bucket list location. This is great. Uh, yeah, you know, and I'm still getting treated like shit. So I think that, I think it's important when you go to locations like that, that carries a lot of powerful energy. You could say dark if you want to. Maybe there is some dark energy there. Maybe there is some demonic type of energy there. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. A lot of pain and suffering, but um, but you got to be careful with what you say. Yep. All right. So that's all I got on that one. Yeah, that's all I got you for now. <laughs> well, right. Um, all right. <clears throat> Next story: headaches and paranormal activity. A friend of mine has regular paranormal experiences at home. She sees shadows, water turns on, stuff has flown across the room, doors slam, she hears voices and noises when no one is home. Uh, her family has witnessed these, witnessed these things as well. Lots of activity. Says it's been going on for many years. She also suffers from headaches and migraines. Does anyone know if headaches and paranormal activity are ever connected? She has been debating this, and I told her to start journaling to see. Does anyone have any experiences uh, like this? Thanks in advance. So, okay, I think there's two things going on here. So you have all your experiences, and then you have headaches and migraines. So the mm -hmm. question of do headaches and paranormal activity are ever connected? Yes. Are they always connected? No. Uh, again, like the, the story, uh, I think it was story number one or whatever. Just because you have this happening and paranormal activity does not connect the two. You know, the OCD and the anxiety from story number one mm -hmm. does not necessarily is the result of paranormal activity. Because again, you have millions of people who have never experienced anything paranormal in their lives who suffer from headaches and migraines. Mm -hmm. Now, so I guess this is one of those... Can headaches be caused by the paranormal? Yes. Are headaches paranormal in, in origin? No. Mm -hmm. Not even close. No. So I I absolutely mm -hmm. love the fact that you told this person to journal. Because I, mm -hmm. I think that that is an amazing idea because then you can correlate the two. Right. You know, if she is constantly experiencing headaches and migraines and within you know, two minutes or before two minutes after whatever something paranormal happens, you might be able to connect those two. Mm -hmm. If something paranormal happens on Sunday and she gets a headache or a migraine on Tuesday, probably yep. not. Mm -hmm. um, so I think the journaling idea is amazing. And I, I hope that she does it. And I hope, honestly, I hope you get whatever it is you're looking for, either the answers mm -hmm. that yes, it is, or you get the, the relief in knowing that it's just a normal something that is going on with her with the headaches and, and, and migraines. But to the fact of the matter of the fact that years have happened uh, or years have gone by where this stuff has happened and you haven't done anything about it is interesting to me because you would think that after all this with door slamming things being thrown, it's either <coughs> not, not happening as often as this you know, story might actually like 
make us believe. Mm-hmm. Like a door, a door slams in August, and then the next paranormal experience happens in December. You know that sort of thing. You know, it can be taken a lot of different ways. So it depends. It depends on. I I think, and I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, be rude here, but I think it depends on the size of the event. Mm-hmm. Like if it's, I saw the curtain move, right? Or it's my glass of milk flew off the kitchen table and hit the fireplace and shattered in the living room, right? I, I think it depends on the, like, like truly like how powerful the event was, you know? And cause like, and we don't know this to be a fact, but I, I just about everybody who's, really into the paranormal and investigating and researching or whatever. We all are on the same page. I think that those major events like that, those major explosion type of events use so much energy that they're just not a regular thing. You know, it's just not, I I just don't, you just don't see that. You just, there are stories out there. I'm not saying there isn't, there are stories out there. They usually have demonic nature to them which I think demonic stuff has much more energy than just a normal spirit would. But, but I don't think that you can, I just don't think that's normal. I just don't think that you're going to see shit flying across the room every day or every other day. I think it's going to be more subtle stuff. I I, I just had a thought that I want to throw out there because of what you just said. Yeah. And and that is as paranormal investigators, you know, we, we have certain ideas of what things can be, right. You know, Based on the claims, which is why as a client, it's very, very important that you tell your investigator, whoever's helping you out, everything, everything you know. Everything, right. Don't so, don't tell us what you think we want to hear and leave out every and leave out the stuff you're embarrassed about or whatever. Just lay it all out, man. Let us just soak it all in. It's, right. Yeah, great piece of advice. And, and and so that that's that was just the start of what I was going to say. Yeah. So, um, when it comes to certain claims, when you say door slamming, footsteps, you know, I heard voices, they all have roughly the same type of explanation to them, whether it's a natural occurrence or whether it's somebody trying to get your attention or whether it's residual. Like, we have a very slim amount of answers that they could be. Mm-hmm. When you start throwing in those big ass events of like just using your example, milk flying off the kitchen table, going into the living room and smashing again, those small answers are no longer applicable. Correct. Because they don't answer that. So now you have to start broadening it. Are we talking about poltergeist? Are we talking about demonic? Are we talking about a very angry you know, spirit. Are we talking about uh, psychokinesis? You know, somebody right. in the home doing it. I know that's kind of a poltergeist, but kind of poltergeistish, yeah. But but right. still, right. So I mean, we have to broaden that. So depending on the claim, which is why it's very important, you tell us all the claims right. so that we can come up at least with a very uh, plausible theory. Well, we have to have a starting point, like well, any, like, I mean. like anything in, in life, right? Anytime, like when you go see your doctor, you don't just walk in there with your arms folded and sit on the chair and, and not say anything. 
right? Your doctor needs to know why are you here? What's wrong? What are you feeling? You know, point me in the right direction so I can look in that direction and help you with what's happening. I'm going through that shit right now. So, uh, you know, it's the same thing. It's the same thing in the paranormal world. However subtle you think something is, it's still important. Yeah. It's still um, important. You know, we have to have a lot of, and even more so, I think honestly, and you know, now that you said that, I think even more so in the paranormal, because it's still such a humongous, wide open, no boundary science, right? That it's not like going to see a doctor where, and I'm not saying every disease and every illness is finite, but in a sense, it's much more finite than the paranormal is, right? Like if you're going in for headaches and migraines and stuff, they're going to focus on your brain. They're not going to focus on your liver or your foot. <laughs> I know it sounds funny, but I'm just saying, you know, it's, but this thing in the paranormal is there's so much going on and there's, and there's no boundaries. Right? There's just no, we as a society, we as human beings have such a minuscule understanding of the paranormal in its true realm that we're not even remotely close to establishing like the, like medical type of, of things like what I was just talking about. We're not even remotely close. I don't think I, I don't, I know a couple shows ago, a couple months ago, it was not probably you had made a comment that you thought like in the next decade or two decades or whatever that like all the answers to the paranormal are going to be found. I've, I did not say all the answers well, are going to be found. I think okay, we're going to make okay. a big breakthrough. Okay, make a big breakthrough. Right. So, I, I don't know. I think that I think that we're we're such we're in such infant baby steps right now. Even though we think we know a lot, of, we don't know shit. We don't know shit. We're learning. We're learning every day that we're involved in it. We learn. Right. I mean, we learned, hey, I thought this might be what was happening. And obviously it, it wasn't. Or, you know, the client said this, 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 this and this. And I kind of got in my mind that maybe this is what's happening. And it did. It did turn out to be grandma who had passed away six months ago, who had some unfinished business. And she just was hanging around the house to make sure everybody was OK. And she wanted to get her last two cents in. And we got it on EVP, you know, or, or something. You know, or we got some video evidence, you know, interaction with equipment on specific questions or something, you know, something that you could take to your client to be like, OK, you know, I think I think this is what it is and everything's good. Everything's OK. Yep. Did you, did you have anything to add about the actual question or do you want to go on to the next? Uh, one? You know, I. I, the only thing I'm going to say about this is that I think in the paranormal world that nausea is much more a correlation with paranormal activity than headaches are. You know, I like I myself, when I walk into a and I'll just go off my own personal experiences. When I walk into a situation where I'm not in the right mindset and there is something strong there. I get really, really nauseous. Um, if I get, if I'm confrontational, which I'm not that much anymore, but I used to be, uh, and there's something powerful there and we start button heads, I, I, I will get 
extremely nauseous. And I and you hear stories all the time of people like say, um, you know, I've seen it many many times personally on investigations. But for people who don't go out and investigate, you see it all the time on TV. You know, like hey, we're gonna go in here. Things are starting to happen in this room, and all of a sudden, somebody will be like, "I got to step out. I have to step out and get some fresh air." That's because you're getting overwhelmed by the energy that's in the room, and it really doesn't show up as a headache. It shows up as nausea for some reason. I don't know what the correlation there is either, but I think it's more a correlation of nausea than headache. I agree, but my two cents on that. But I know that, um, like Sam, especially. Uh, one of my investigators, he goes uh, into a lot of places and his thing is that he feels a, like a headache starting to form. You know, he feels pressure a pressure on his head, right. a pushing pressure, down on him. Yeah. A pressure on his head. So I think yeah. that um, I think the pressure is probably more common than an actual headache. And especially, I don't mm-hmm. know if I've ever had anybody go into a haunted location and have a migraine. Um, and I've, they... I've never gone into a location. I've been in some shit locations. I've never walked into one and got a headache or a migraine. I've gotten nauseous to the point where I felt like I was going to throw up right there on the spot and needed to get the hell out and get some fresh air for five minutes and then come back. But I've never gotten chased out by a headache. Yeah, I uh, and unless the person is prone to migraines in general, yeah. I've never had. Like I've never had anybody go in and be like, "Oh my god, I have a migraine." I've never had the, one of these before. Like that no. has never happened in anything no. that I've ever done. Um, so all has right. it ever happened? I'm sure it probably has, but it's I've I've never witnessed it myself. Right. All right. Well, I know this next one is your favorite. Yeah. No, I I don't even think I'm going to read this. I think I'm oh. going to save that. Seriously, right. you want me to read that big one tonight? No, I'm all right. <clears throat> I don't want to get into a coughing fit right in the middle of it, and it's 8 o'clock. I, I just know that you really love haunted dolls. That's all. I absolutely hate haunted dolls, which is why I chose that one. <laughs> I know. And I, we, I will – all right. I'll, I'll have a bunch of throat lozenges and some and some uh, cough syrup and stuff, and I'll read it next week. We'll save it for next week. Okay. Do you want to do any more? Because um, there's two other ones. I mean, number eight's like, eh, whatever. We could throw that one away. Number seven's okay. I mean, do you want to do one more, and then we'll uh, – and then switch gears and go into uh, the satellite thing, or do you want to jump in there now? Because I think That's this a- second hour is going to be between the Black Knight satellite and then going into Mists of the Paranormal. That's more than an hour right there. So okay, all right. Well, then let's do it. Let's. Okay. Uh, right. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll save, save those couple questions for next week. Sounds amazing. All right. So okay. Uh, jumping in now, just to uh, hour two, unless we want to take a small break. <laughs> um, I wouldn't mind taking like a two, three minute break. I go get a glass of water and well, refresh my minute, water. It's only a minute and a half, so I'll, I'll run. Gotcha. All right. Well then, but I could, uh, I could you... get some. I could get some fresh water, so I don't go and do a dry cough here. So these, uh, um. You will really enjoy these promos <laughs> for the next minute and a half. Uh, we will uh, see you back here on the other side. Hello, I'm Al Lagarde from Paper Out Productions, executive producer of Kindred Spirits, Paranormal State, a whole bunch of television shows. And I've worked with a lot of people on paranormal projects and met a lot of people in paranormal radio. And I want to say that Dave and Mike are two people who have a face for radio, in particular, Internet radio. Hi, everybody. This is Chip Coffee, Psychic and Medium. I just wanted to let you know that when you're in the mood to get weird, 
you need to tune in to the Odyssey Files with two of the biggest weirdos I know, David and Michael. Take my advice. It doesn't get any weirder than that. This is Heather Taddy of Paranormal State and Alien Highway. I can't say that the Odyssey Files are out of this world, but Mike and Dave are quite abductable. Hey, this is Dustin Perry from Ghost Hunters, and you're listening to Dave and Mike on the Odyssey Files. It's not the best show you're ever going to listen to, but it's also probably not the worst. Hey, this is Mike Couch from Lost Limbs Foundation. Make sure you check out Mike and Dave on the Odyssey Files because they really need the listeners. This is Michelle Belanger, author of The Dictionary of Demons. What is faster than a speeding shadow person and more fun than an anal probe? It's Mike and Dave of The Odyssey Files. Hold on to your hats and buns. This is Andy Lynch, director of photography of Kindred Spirits. And when I'm not filming Amy and Adam at some creepy location, you can find me listening to The Odyssey Files with Dave and Mike. Or doing something else, I don't know. Hi, it's celebrity tarot reader Ken Bogle, and you're listening to The Odyssey Files with Mike and Dave here on the Para-X Network. You're going to love it or not. Either way, I'm not being paid to say this, so I could totally care less. And we are back. Still haven't gotten the, the new one in there. Yeah, with, uh, yeah that's good. With Ken. That's what I was just we are, at. We, we, we are not on the Paranormal or the Para-X Para Radio X. Network anymore. No. But, but... Uh, with all things uh, going forward, uh, we may have an announcement here in the next couple, next week or two about uh, a, a new network home for the Odyssey Files. So, yep, we're looking forward to uh, we're looking forward to being able to do that because I think that uh, you guys are really going to enjoy it. But for now, you're stuck with us here on our own pages, <laughs> and if you're listening on the audio version, you know you're your number one streaming podcast platform. But we have, uh, so we have two different, really two different topics here tonight. The first one is a, a, a layover from last week where uh, Kim and I were talking about alien conspiracies. And one of the things that we came across uh, or that I came across, which neither one of us had heard and which Dave had not heard of um, is this alien conspiracy of the black Knight satellite. I don't know if, if the rhyming of that was on purpose or what, um, but uh, supposedly it is a 12 to 13,000 year old satellite <coughs> that is in our uh, like polar orbit and was put there so long ago and, and apparently still manned by aliens in order to watch over, excuse me, watch over us on earth. And one of the comments that I had made is I would like to, I would like to hear what Dave's opinions on, uh, on this would be, and that we might even do a show on it. Right. Um, but instead, you know, we're just going to kind of add it to, to this one. Uh, Cause I mentioned it to him this afternoon and apparently you found enough to interest you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is interesting. So, I looked at the picture, you know, obviously there's like a really great picture out there that was taken from the international space station. Yep. Um, <clears throat> I, there's some critics and some non-believers who immediately are like, well, you know, cameras glitch all the time. I mean, maybe what happened was it's, it captured an image from a different location and then it, it, it glitched out and then it's, it took, it sent this image into an area where there wasn't anything even there. First of all, okay, shut up. 
if you're going to try and put out a forward of an argument or some intelligent debate, then have some intelligence. Okay. <laughs> the cameras that are on the International Space Station are probably the most flawless cameras ever created. They're not sending up the Kodak Instamatic uh, disc camera to the freaking space station to take photos of outer space as we're trying to expand our horizons. Okay. So, people, if you want to have a debate, I love debates. Let's debate. But don't. Don't start a debate with something that's just so asinine that you immediately get sent to the sidelines. Okay. All right. Secondly, uh, looking at the picture, it is definitely not what I would consider to be a uh, man-made satellite. Um, no, 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 no. I it could be man-made. I um, uh, space blanket. Oh, the thermal space thermal cover. thermal cover. Yes. Thank you. Thermal cover. That's one of the big theories that everybody's jumping to is it's this thermal cover. So like I had said earlier tonight, if you were listening, that there, that there's an article. There's a ton of articles on this, by the way. There's a lot. Like I did not – like I could, we could research this and probably do a whole show on it because it goes back to Tesla, like I said earlier, if you were listening and stuff. And I really want to do a show on Tesla coming up here. Um, and I'm sure that it's this whole Black Knight satellite when we talk about Tesla is going to come back into play. Um <clears throat> but I, I I think from the photo, there's over a hundred thousand satellites in space. People are pumping them out. Like I, and I don't remember the numbers now, but God, I remember when we did a show a while back, and I I actually found the numbers from NASA about how many satellites are getting launched a day or every week, and we were both looking at each other like that is that is absolutely ridiculous because I. I thought like it happened once every six months or four or five times a year that we pumped a satellite into outer space and they were sending like 12 a month, 15, 18 a month, something like that. So <clears throat> is there a possibility that this is a foreign type of origin satellite? Absolutely. hundred percent. Can it be? Sure. It could be. Um, is it? Okay. So here's my question. This is what I this is what confuses me. If this is alien technology, all right, why? I guess I guess two questions here. <laughs> Number one, why is it only seen so sporadically? It's it's flowing in an orbit around the earth that when they saw it, Nobody on the planet Earth had the ability to put a satellite into orbit on that elliptical path. That's a fact. That is a fact. That's not a misnomer. That's not some person sitting on the sidelines. That is a fact from NASA and everybody's space, everybody in the world, the Soviets, the Chinese, and us, really the three countries that were that were racing for space. Nobody could put a satellite into that orbit at that time, yet it was there. So right there, to me, that points to that question becomes, if we can't do it, but it's there, then where the hell did it come from, right? And what is it? Then the question becomes, why, why don't we see it on a more regular basis? So going back to possibly the 1890s with Tesla, but I, I, I'm not going to stay there for tonight. 
um, some reports from the 1930s of astronomers receiving uh, weird radio signals. In 54, the St. Louis Dispatch ran an article titled, Artificial Satellites Are Circling Earth, and then started referencing flying saucers. Uh, there's a gentleman, Donald Keyhole, who wrote a book, Aliens in Space, the real story of unidentified flying objects where he documented his knowledge of ufos including what he knew about the black knight which is interesting because how and we'll get into that when we do a black knight show because i i i, I don't want to I, I can't pat this guy in the back but um but then you know scientists and astronomers started seeing the satellites as an orbit of earth in 53 there was a, a sighting in 57 um in 1960 in 1960, they actually they actually documented that this object, which we'll refer to as the Black Knight, was actually following Sputnik One, which was the Soviets' first uh, satellite set into outer space that was in the elliptical orbit. That this object actually showed up and was following Sputnik, like it was like tailgating it out of nowhere. Which I found very, I find that very interesting that it would that it would close the gap on it and like it was checking it out to see like who the hell are you, what are you doing here? Um, it's interesting that in the 1960s, Time Magazine, which I don't know, Time Magazine today, I don't really follow it anymore, but back in the 60s and 70s, Time Magazine was like the publication to go to if you wanted to like learn stuff that was, you know, had credibility behind it. Um, the, in, in September 3rd, 1960, the Black Knight showed up on radar for the first time. You could see it. People on the ground saw it with their naked eye for about two weeks. Uh, there was a, a the government established a committee to investigate the object, uh, but no report was ever made public. There's a surprise. Um, <laughs> you know, in 63, Gordon Cooper was orbiting the Earth. He was an astronaut orbiting the Earth and saw a glowing green light ahead of his space capsule. Uh, at the same time, a tracking station in Australia, over which the spacecraft was orbiting at the time, reported seeing the exact same object on their radar. So obviously something was there. Uh, my question is, I guess as I'm re you know, I read all this stuff, and my question is, why is it seen so infrequently? Wouldn't, with our technology today, and God knows our technology is far superior to what they even admit it is, and we all know that. And if you don't know that, you should know that. Um, why are we not able to track this thing? Or do we already know that it is of alien origin somehow? Do we already know that? And so, therefore, we were told not to focus on it. Like, we were instructed to just worry about the other shit you're doing. Don't worry about what we have in orbit by whoever put it there i guess that would be my question because we have enough to, we have technology that we if we could hone in on that sucker it would never be out of our gun sights ever and especially since it's following an elliptical path that other satellites follow so did we is it real did we get told not to follow it i i think so maybe so I, I, I guess I don't like doing this. So I'm going to answer your question with a question mm -hmm. is if it's seen so infrequently, then why would we believe that it is on 
the same orbit it has always been on. If it if it can suddenly show up behind if it, if it can suddenly show up behind Sputnik, right, and follow it, right, then it, it it has the ability to choose any damn orbit it wants. Correct, and it has the ability to advance itself while in orbit through some type of bending of time and space and advance its position ahead or behind or whatever in its orbital path. Which means that it has its own ability to uh, to adjust. Right. You know, does Agreed. it even need does it even need to follow an orbit? Can it stay above our North Pole and never never move? Good question, but wouldn't we see it? How, I mean, how, I I think we could see. I I don't think there's an object in our sky, in outer space, that we can't track. I, I, I believe that. I don't think that there's any hiding spots now with our technology now i just don't think there's any hiding spots left maybe so, the ocean but we're not talking ocean you know we're not talking about going into the trenches we're talking about outer space so right from the beginning last week uh as i was reading this i had the same question I'm like how how have we not seen this thing before like right. how uh, like we have telescopes we have millions of telescopes aimed at the sky every day right. and yet we we can't see it you know, right. we have the International Space Station, which I agree has the best cameras you'll right. ever see in the world, right. in the universe, maybe whatever. Uh, you're you're not going to get pixelation. No. Uh, you know, they probably have you know 500 megapixels cameras no. up there, so you're not going to get a, a a bad photo. But yet, right beyond that one that was that supposedly right. was a, a thermal cover, right? Never, never, but as far as we know, has never been seen or photographed. Well, and I, and, and that's a key word right there that you just said, as far as we know, as far as, because we know. I, I, I'll guarantee you that there are other photographs of it. More than likely, you know, I um, don't believe that that's like a one done type of thing. So, you know, I, I, I keep thinking back and, and, and it's just the movie line, but I, yeah. I think it probably has some semblance of truth. And that is going back to Armageddon, the movie Armageddon. Yeah. And, you know, where they missed that. And, and I guess we missed that. It's actually a, a recent article I saw where apparently like there's this big ass meteoroid or whatever, that's going like 72,000 miles an hour. And we just just like found it. And it's like in our solar system. Yeah. Right by us. Yeah. So, I mean, but I remember when asked, well, how did we miss this? You know, Billy Bob Thornton's line was, well, our near earth collision budgets, it's, you know, one million dollars which allows us to to track three percent of the sky and he's like in with all due respect mr president it's a big ass sky so i mean it's, it, it is a big ass guy so i mean are we just missing it because it's so small in comparison with the earth and black obviously it's supposedly black so yeah well, that's might, why they call it the black knight right well exactly so i mean are we just missing it is it blending into its background so much so that we're just missing it. Well, I, you know what? I don't know, but I'm telling you what, like people who people, you know, anybody who's listening that are like, what are these guys talking about that? The like, and, and you're, and you're with, right. And you're with us. Like, this is the first time you're hearing it. Take a look online and look at some of the photos. Don't, like go to like NASA's website. Cause they're on NASA's site. Go to places like, um, you know, but 
reputable websites, I guess is what I'm saying. And take a look at the actual photographs that there's more than one that have been caught of what they think. They think that this is what they're referring to as the Black Knight. Um, I mean, they're interesting. They're not a camera glitch. There is something there at with size to it. Um, my thought, you know, I'm, I'm going to stick with my original thought. If it is alien technology, then, and, and if our government is in cahoots? some sort of treaty, well, yeah, cahoots, you know, we could use that word, and, but some sort of treaty where, you know, and, and supposedly this happened, where we signed a treaty with an alien race that said, that they would supply us with technology and advancements to only the U.S. as opposed to going to Russia or going to China, that we they would give it strictly to us in exchange for the ability to, to take a certain percentage of people from the population whenever they wanted to, to experiment on them. Now, I know that sounds like a wild-ass thing, but I'm telling you what, there's a whole lot of documentation uh, in the Freedom of Information Act that our official documents, even though they're redacted, something is happening there to that effect. Something is there's something there. Whether that is exactly what it says, we're never going to know because the people who were involved in it are all dead. But um, could it be something like that? Sure. Do you think that it's an alien mobile clinic? No. No. It's not a Death Star. It's not a mobile clinic. I think it's an observation post. I think like just like we have the International Space Station where we orbit and we look for stuff while we're up there, you know, and we do experiments. Can we grow corn in outer space, right? I mean, they're doing all they're doing tons of stuff up there, like trying to see what works and what doesn't work in zero gravity. How can we live in outer space? That's really what they're doing, you know, for the most part. I'm sure they're doing some other shit that is never going to make the light of day, too. But maybe that's what this object is from this alien race. Maybe it's an observational type of platform. Maybe they're watching us at times, but maybe they're also checking out our atmosphere, checking out our gravitational fields, checking out... Uh, Whatever, you know, whatever they're looking for to see if there's compatibility with maybe them coexisting with us on, our, on planet Earth instead of taking it over. You know, maybe, I mean, I would rather have that happen. I mean, I don't want to be death raid necessarily. I would rather coexist. Can, can, can I ask <laughs> you just really quick? Yeah. I'm falling back into my. Ah, I'm falling back into my wall above bricks. Sorry. No, that, that was my question. But right. why is it that you not necessarily want, want to, to be, be death, death raised? <laughs> For you to pick up on that. <laughs> I don't uh, want. I don't. I don't want to be death raid. End of sentence. But when you're like, I don't want to be death necessarily. Necessarily, really. yeah. <laughs> I don't know because if if if, if there's a, a an attack, right? Like the best, and, and you have zero chance of survival. The best thing to happen is to just get vaporized right away and get out of the fight. <laughs> I mean, that's just you know, it's painless, it's instantaneous. Just get me out of the way. Put your boot in my dust pile, whatever is or stepping over me. I don't 
give a shit. You know, I mean, if we have zero opportunity to fight back, because who knows? I mean, you know, I just, I'm just not feeling that my 12 gauge is going to stop, you know, somebody who lands in a spaceship that traveled from four and a half million light years away uh, with, with a weapon that, you know, could pretty much just vaporize a town and, you know, a millisecond. I don't know how you fight that. And it's certainly, certainly anything that I possess, I'm not going to be able to fight it. So I would rather coexist. That's fair. Yeah. I'd be more than happy to share stories. I think that'd be great. I mean, I would love, like, how cool would it be if you walked in somewhere down the road here? Like, we walk into the bar to go get a burger, you know, or it's like fish fry night on Friday, and we walk in to our fish fry place, and there's 12 different alien races in there for fish fry night. And and you just, and everybody's not, nobody's hostile, right? And somehow through some type of communicators, you know, like we, they can understand us and we can understand them. Kind of, I know I'm leaning towards kind of Star Wars type of thing, but, but I'm just saying, like, what if that happened? I mean, would that not be amazing? I mean, would it not be amazing to have people from all over the galaxy sitting at fish fry night and being able to communicate with them and talk about who they are and where they're from and what life is like where they're from and, and then tell them about what life is like where we're from and share stories. And I mean, I, I think that would be absolutely amazing. And now, I, go ahead. Well, I was say, uh, and what would be the extra amazing is that even all alien races like deep fried cod. <laughs> yeah. Especially when it's fresh North Atlantic cod. Right. I agree. Cause I don't know how the hell you couldn't like that. And if you don't like it, slather it with malt vinegar. Cause that will sell you in a heartbeat. So, Question for you as being a Trekkie. Did you see in one of the articles on the Black Knight that Gene Roddenberry said that he was in communication with the Black Knight satellite or Black Knight, whatever the hell it is, and that it gave him inspiration for Star Trek and actually gave him the title to call it Deep Space Nine because at one point he was on the council of nine. This is council. the guy who he was council on the co- of council of nine, that he was in the secret organization. Supposedly that was hand chosen to communicate with alien life, intelligent life forms where they would, obviously it wasn't as simplistic as going to fish fry night and everybody from all these different planets just sitting around shooting the shit, eating cod. But he was on this council of nine and was and it was a a, a, job, a title that he was get that he was um, invited to this group of nine, and that's actually where he came up with the Deep Space Nine name uh, as he continued Star Trek. I did not know that. Yeah, I found that to be interesting, and that was from a legitimate source, not a that's not like from the Sun or something. Sorry, Sun. I mean, I know you got some good stories. But a lot, there's a whole lot in there you got to throw away. But <laughs> sorry, <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So I, th- I found that very interesting. So again, as we have talked about millions of times on the show, again, was Gene Roddenberry somehow contacted by an alien life form and given the seed to create Star Trek? Could be. Right? 
I mean, at the time, and you know this as well as I, at the time when Star Trek came out, it was earth-shattering, groundbreaking stuff. I mean, because everybody was interested in the space race. Everybody was excited about what was going to be out there. But he took that shit to a whole new level. Hmm. You know, I mean, the writings of it, the journey, the amount of time that that show lasted, the character actors, where they went to, alien life forms that they ran into. It was just phenomenal. That show was hmm. just phenomenal. Well, you know, I mean, it had a huge following, obviously. You know, yeah. hundreds of millions of people love that show. So, Well, yeah, it still do. I mean, hell, they're it still, still creed. They're still right, creating still... Star Trek shows. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, there's still spinoffs from Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very much so. Um, so, all right. Well, let's save the rest for... Uh, yeah, if we do, yeah. One. Somewhere down the road when we come back and readdress the the uh, Black Satellite, Black Knight Satellite. Yeah, it, it will be mentioned in our, our Nikolai Tesla. Oh, absolutely, because, yeah. We won't spend a ton of time on it, but there is a definite connection between those two things. Yes, yes, indeedy. Yeah. So, all right, with the last half hour of the uh, of the show, let's let's talk about myths of the paranormal and certain things that uh, people believe are common themes in, especially the supernatural part of it, that really aren't true. Hmm. And uh, I'll start with one, uh, not since I pretty much gave, you know, number one, obviously, was just by watching paranormal TV and reading stories or right. whatever. Right. Is you're not, yeah. Yeah, you're, you're, you're not going to attract anything. You know, right. let's listen to the first half of the show if you missed it right. uh, or you sped forward or whatever it is you're doing. Right. And you can hear our answer on that one. And you'll um, you'll hear me backtrack on everything I've been saying for the last five years. Yes, 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 he does. Um, but again, I think you you went a step further in that uh, without really giving any context to it, as to you had you know you've started to have the intent to actually do something about it. Mm-hmm. I mean that that creates a different answer than right. just watching it. So right. just just to really quick sum up the myth obviously what a lot of people are starting to believe and i think that uh that halloween bullshit thing that the travel channel did with like kindred spirits and the new kirks and brothers focusing on the sigil yeah i think that was the big that was the big thing that launched that like i never heard of that before in my life until that happened right so Again, just to sum up, if all you're doing is watching movies, all you're doing is watching paranormal TV, all you're doing is reading a book, all you're doing is having conversations with other people, nothing's going to happen. Once you go a step further and try to put your intent into actually communicating or being a part of the other side, the answer changes. Right. But that's, but that's you. That's on you. That is not just you watching TV. Right. You're you're putting that intent out there and you are going to get what you are asking for. If you don't ask for it, you're not going to attract it. No, because um, television is just entertainment. It's just like yeah. going to the movies. Like I'm a big horror movie buff. I you know, I love zombie movies. It's never I'm not worried about zombies gonna come running down stairs or climb through my window and you know start chewing my face off. That's not going to happen. 
I don't give a shit how many zombie movies I watch. Yep. You know, but that, but the etc. And and I'm not going to go back into it again. But that when they said etc., I I read that as we've been doing this for three years. We're taking this to the next step, type of thing. And at that point, when you're taking the next step, you're definitely opening yourself up for potential uh, spirit contact. Yes. So, so that is just the myth we've talked about many times in this show. Yep. So the the, the one that I'm going to hit first is um, it's it's a question that we get. Well, I don't know about we, but I mean, it's come up in the show before and uh, it's come up on uh, the Odyssey Hour, which I do with my team and has come up in uh, just normal like Q&As and presentations. And that is, you know, like, why do you always investigate at night? Mm -hmm. do, do, do ghosts, the myth is ghosts only come out at night, right. which is 100% false. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the, the, we do have our reasons for why we investigate only at night, but we only, only investigate at night. You know, we, we do walkthroughs, which, you know, depending on the location, will involve an EVP session, just a very quick burst session. You can do day investigations. Um, I saw a great, I got rid of it. I saw a phenomenal quote um, about that topic, and it was pretty much, uh, along the lines of um, being able to know what you're seeing because there there's a lot of things that your eyes can do to you in the dark that make you believe that you have seen things that you have not. Mm -hmm. um, and with the sun out, the lights on, you know exactly what you're looking at, but there are tons and tons and tons of stories and claims of people seeing apparitions during the day, doors closing during the day, footsteps during the day, vo voices, especially during the day, you know, when like the stay at home mom is home by herself or kids are at school or husband's at work. And all of a sudden she's hearing her name called out and you know, you, you see it all the time. So that is a complete myth that spirits and paranormal activity only happen at night. I've got a killer Polaroid photo that happened during the day. There you go. So, I mean, that was, there was no flash on that photo. That was taken during the daytime, natural light. Yeah. Exactly. So, I mean. So, yeah, it definitely happens all the time. It's not just during the night. Yeah, exactly. So, don't think that uh, it's not one of those, like, all you have to do is survive until the sun comes up and then you're safe. Like, <laughs> no. this. That's, a <laughs> this is... that's like a vampire movie right there. That's like, I, there, there's like a crossover there, like, where. You know, oh my, you know, as long as like it's, it's, it's sun comes up, man, we're going to be okay. No, 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 no. Yeah, you're, you're, yeah. Crossing, you're crossing over some vampire lore with the whole, like, if they get hit with sun, they're going to burn and explode with ghosts. Ghosts right. don't give a shit about sunlight. This, uh, yeah, this isn't hocus pocus. Okay, no. you, you don't have to wait until the, the, the dawn and then the spirits right. turn to dust. Like right. you're just doesn't matter what time it is. It, right. it, it, it just matters on when they decide that they want to do whatever it is they want to do, whether it has anything to do with you or not. So, uh, yeah. So the myth, obviously, being that, that spirits only come out at night, not true. And I think that the reason that 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 is a myth or that is a thought process between people is because investigations always happen at night. I would agree. And I think that on, on, on TV, are, you're right. And I think that people are kind of a certain percentage of people anyway, are just naturally scared of when it gets dark. 
you know, they're just, it just makes them uncomfortable because they do lose that sense of sight, you know, without lights being on, obviously, you know, you do, you do get the dark corner where the light doesn't quite reach it and you, and you can't see it as well as you do during the day, you know? So I think the mind comes into play there a little bit, but I, I agree with you hundred percent. I've had phenomenal experiences, EVPs, full body apparition, partial apparitions, object manipulation, whether it's noon or whether it's six o'clock or whether it's two 30 in the morning, midnight, whatever. And should we just jump right into there since I'm throwing times out? Look at that. I'm getting eaten by this wall, by the way, pretty soon. You're not even going to see me. Uh, I'm, I'm going to be like the talking bricks. Yeah. So it could, it could be the Odyssey files with Michael O'Neill and the brick wall. And the brick wall. All you're going to see is my like my lips moving in the in my hands occasionally popping up in the brick wall. Um, 3 a.m. 3 a.m. is not the only time that shit happens. If you're a paranormal investigator, okay, man, there is such a focus on 3 a.m. And I get it. I'm a, I'm a religious guy. I I believe in God. I. I am not ashamed to say it. I believe in God. I have called and asked for his help in certain situations, and I have gotten help in, in those situations where I felt that I needed help. But 3 a.m. from the religious standpoint, obviously, is the hour of the Antichrist. If you believe that Jesus got crucified and, and that the spear of destiny was stuck into his ribcage at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. So 3 a.m. became this... Oh, I'm going to say, you know, this like anti-hour, the antithesis of Jesus Christ's death on the cross. Um, and so all of a sudden it got associated with Satan. And I'm not really sure how I, I have read an absolute ton of stuff on this, researched it. I really don't. I still, for me, I don't find a clear path on how three o'clock in the afternoon to 3 a.m. became demonic. Uh but somewhere, obviously, somebody promoted that idea, that concept. And while they promoted that idea, it must have been during a session where there were a lot of influential people and a lot of easily influenced receivers because it took off like wildfire. And even now, even now, I have people say, like I've heard people say, and not not and recently I've heard this that there's no reason to even start investigating before midnight because nothing's going to happen. Nothing's going to happen before midnight because you got to get into the, you got to wait till midnight and then you got to get wait and then get into the witching hour. So midnight to three is the only time you should even bother investigating because other than that, nothing's going to happen. And I'm confused as to who is still proposing that and who is still throwing that out there? Or if it's just an old idea that for some reason just keeps resurfacing because people keep bringing it back to life. And I think that's probably what's happening. Because honestly, I have not seen anybody lately, anyway, that has been like, yeah, 3 a.m., boy, that's the time to be out there if you want to get into some demonic activity 
I, why would I you want, think, why would you want to go out at 3 a.m. anyway then? Unless you're a freaking idiot. <laughs> you should be your ass should be out of there at 2:30. <laughs> you know, if because if 3 a.m. was the demonic hour, what the hell are you doing there? And I'll just leave it there. I'm not even going to go on a rant because I can't right now. I uh, <coughs> I think the big proponent of the 3 a.m. Uh, witching hour and why it became so popular, I think, came from from Paranormal State because they always did dead time. And I think that most of the time, not always, but most of the time, it was 3 a.m. when they did it. Mm. It could be. I remember dead time. I don't remember it being 3 a.m. They didn't always do it. There was time they did it at eleven. There's times they did it at like one, but yeah. there were a few, there were a few episodes, and I think maybe even like the first time that they called it dead time. Yeah, uh, I think that they put on the bottom there like three. And it was like three in, in the morning. Okay, yeah, I could see um, that. So any fans of Paranormal State obviously would have picked up on that then. Yeah, you know, um, but it has to be for more than that because it's still such a popular concept out there. You well, know, I mean, which it, the, and it's and it's a myth. So we're just gonna. I'm going on record. It is not 3 a.m. Is there is nothing special happening at 3 a.m. That's not going to happen at 11 a.m. or 5 a.m. or 9 a.m. or 3 p.m. Agreed. Right? If it's if it's going to happen, if the location is haunted and it's active, that shit is going to happen. Whenever it's going to happen, when you're interacting with it, if there are spirits there that want to interact with you. They're going to interact with you. I don't get, don't even take your damn watch with you. It's just a distraction anyway. You don't need a watch while you're investigating. There's no reason to know what time it is when you're investigating. Unless, well, right. I mean, unless you're at a public location and they say, hey, you got to be the hell out of here at three o'clock or four o'clock, then obviously you need to kind of know what time it is. But uh, in a legitimate, open, like I'm trying to help a resident type of situation. And they gave you free reign of the house, and we'll see. We're staying at a hotel room, and we'll be back tomorrow afternoon. That you don't even need. Don't have a watch on. Just experience what is happening there, and try to help the people that are inviting you into their house. And don't be focused on three a.m. because I, I think that's one of the biggest myths out there. All right. Well, I'm going to stick with the three, okay. and, and and talk about what. Now, this is not a widely popular myth. I think it's a myth because I don't believe that it's the case. Um, and that is that threes are the sign of a demonic, you know, oh, a demonic, sure. yep. you know, three knocks, uh, right. you know, the three scratches, the, right. you know, Things what that I, happen in threes. Yep. Mocking threes, of the Trinity. Exactly. I right. do not believe in any way, shape or form that that is at all a mocking of the Trinity uh, or, or even a sign of, of a demo, no can obviously if it scratches yes you know you could be dealing you could be dealing with the demonic entity uh but like three knocks you know and all of a sudden you know you're oh my god i had three knocks last night this could be no i i have a very 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 hard time believing that one knock is a human spirit two knocks is a human spirit three knocks is demonic but four five six knocks Human spirits again, but that's just somebody having fun. Yeah, right. And uh, I obviously, you know, I asked Michelle Belaget this question, you know, because she's studied. She is the author of the Dictionary of Demons. Yep. 
I, I don't think that you'll probably find a more informed voice when it comes to, to demonic entities than Michelle Belagé. Mm-hmm. And so if anybody is going to know exactly what the three is, or if it is a mocking or whatever, it's going to be her. And, and she has an Airbnb that you can go to that is haunted in Ohio. Yes. And it's reason I believe it. Well, anyway, I, last time I saw it, I thought it was pretty reasonably priced. It's not like a thousand dollars a night. You know, it's, I right, thought it was well, pretty reason. I thought it was pretty reasonable and she'll tell you, I mean, she knows who's there and she are, and you know, supposedly. I don't know. Right, well, anyway, well, well, now, now that we've gotten our, our sponsored advertisements out of, <laughs> out of, out of the way. I like, I always like helping people out that, our friends of the show that we like. I mean, I love Michelle Belliger. She's fantastic. I agree. She's just a, a walking encyclopedia of just about everything paranormal. She's very well-spoken, very intelligent, good writer. You know, she's the one who I learned how to ground myself from 20 years ago, 25 years ago. It was her that I turned to. Nobody even knew who the hell she was, but she had some phenomenal things to say that really stuck with me. And I've been using her techniques for a couple decades at least. So, I mean, just giving her a shout out, letting her know we love her. Right. And uh, hopefully she'll be back on the show here shortly. But, yeah, I'd love um, to see it. So I asked her, you know, is this, what is this? Where did it come from? Where did, mm-hmm. in, you know, she said before the Warrens, she had never heard it before, period. Mm-hmm. So I, I honestly think that it it's just hype from the Warrens and it came from the Warrens. So it's going to have some, it's going to have weight to it, to the people who, who want to believe that, you mm-hmm. know, they, they are, you know, the closest thing to experts, you know, that we, we had in this field. I mean, obviously they're both now passed away, right. but uh, I, I don't agree. I don't, I don't think it's real. I, I think three knocks is just three knocks. Uh you know, I hate to say three scratches is just three scratches, but I mean, not to to diminish diminish it, diminish it. There we go. Yeah. Uh, you know, not to diminish that claim because it's serious, but it does not automatically, you know, go to the fact that it's a demonic entity. And I don't think that it. And even if it is, I don't think they're doing it to mock the Trinity with your skin. I just no. think that they're trying to attack and scratch you, and it happens to be three. Um, yeah, I, I think that's. So I'm gonna throw something in here real quick. I think it's interesting that people automatically assume that a demonic entity would have five fingers. That's awfully. That like that is awfully human. Well, it's arrogant. Yeah, it's so arrogant, we, right? We it's awfully human. Yeah. It's awfully human based to think like that a demon has to have five fingers because we have five fingers right i think it's very possible that a demonic entity only has three fingers and that's why you see i have seen and know people that have gotten scratched and i have gotten scratched and i don't i didn't get scratched by a demon but i got scratched um but i have seen people that have gotten attacked by demonic entities and my old partner was one of them years and years ago and he uh i'm telling you what his ass was tore up scratch marks bite marks the most disturbing part of that was the bite marks a different size mouths you know everything from an infant to a you know orangutan and you know that was what disturbed me visually more than the scratching and and blood drawing and stuff but um 
I think I think that it's very I think it's very probable that demonic entities uh, um, only have like a three pronged type of hand. Yeah, and that's why you see three. That's why you see three scratches all the time because you Mm -hmm. like I've never seen five scratches. I'm not saying it doesn't exist, but I've never seen I've never seen a situation that was dark where shit was going wrong. Where somebody came out and be like, "Oh my god, I got scratched!" and you lift their shirt up and there's like seven scratches, you know what I mean, or five scratches. It's always it's always three, always. So there's something to that. Maybe they got scratched by the ghost of a ninja turtle. Could be. Only have only had three fingers, three toes. Could be. Right. Could be a raptor. Right. Raptors only had three claws. There you go. So, I mean, and, there's a and, lot of answers out there. And, and they're all deceased, so... Right, right, and they all don't exist anymore, as far as we know. Do you, do you think that raptors could have continued to evolve through death? And now they're, now they're like, you know, suit-wearing... <laughs> Part goats. of the reptilians? Yeah, yeah, they're yeah, like they're, they, they've evolved into the reptilian race. Like somehow they hybridized with like an alien life form from outer space, and they became the reptilians. That's right. They could uh, look at me throwing out topics. Um, <laughs> could could they? I, you know me. Yeah, they could have. I guess. <laughs> you know, did they? I'd say it's probably not the case. But could it be? Is there a wee percentage? Uh, yeah, there's a wee percentage. There's a wee percentage for everything, as far as I'm concerned. So there, there is a quantum universe out there where where we are the aliens and the dinosaurs are the the oh. indigenous species. Absolutely, going yeah. to work with their briefcases in their right. cars. Right, and we're the one hiding in the woods trying to blend in. Right, exactly. Not yeah. get shot for dinner. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're they're talking about the hairless, pale skinned, you know, yeah. out in the woods. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> We're not even like getting a proper name. We got some you know, they throw they're just throwing some shit name on us, you know, like we're some sort of like subhuman species. Yeah. They're like a parasite, you know. You can just see the Baronosaurus sitting at having tea. You know, there's yep, parasites yep. living in the woods behind my house, you know. It'd be us. Running leave, around, leave leave out some offerings. <clears throat> exactly. You know, see, see see what happens. So leave leave a couple of marbles or leave a couple of oranges and apples and see if you get like a marble in return, right? Like that one Bigfoot experiment did, where exactly. they actually got a freaking marble, which is absolutely incredible that they got that. So, but um, all right. So, uh, give me one second here. Let me pull it back up. So I'm gonna venture here. Uh, only old, only very old buildings are haunted. Okay. So that is totally 100% Hollywood as far as I'm concerned. Because every, not every, 99.6% of horror movies or creepy movies happen in great big old Victorian mansion type homes, turn of the century type homes. They don't happen in... Brand new construction, $3 million homes or con- high-rise condos in downtown New York, whatever. But that is something that has been put into our heads from, again, Hollywood. Uh, that doesn't make it any difference. 
it doesn't matter how old a building is. You can have a building that's two, three years old. You can have a building that was just built. As a matter of fact, years ago, you and I uh, were invited to go on an investigation of a house that was brand new construction. And it wasn't even finished yet. And they were still building it. And they were having all kinds of paranormal things happen. That was causing issues. I'm trying to remember what that one was. It was with Matt. Was it his name? No. <laughs> yeah. No, it's yeah. Matt. Yeah, it was Matt. Remember, we went to and I was like, "Watch out, boys!" In that EVP, you guys were in the garage. It was that brand new construction house where the the kitchen wasn't done yet. The bedroom had that kind of creepy vibe. We were getting all kinds of responses on equipment, and it went into the walk-through closet, into the walk-in bathroom, through the master suite, and there was just that kind of uncomfortable feeling in that location. And he was friends with the he was friends with one of the ladies that was on the design team. I don't remember. Uh, where. It was in. It was, it was like off El- a tent. It was in. It was in Anoka, Elk, River. Elk River. Yeah, it was, I say it was right. It was over here by us now. Yeah, it, it, it was off it a was, tent somewhere. It, I thought. It, no, yeah, I know exactly which one you're talking about now. Yeah, uh, it, it was empty. Um, right, it was brand new construction. They weren't done or remodel, whatever it was. It was it was a remodel. Okay, a remodel. Okay, I wasn't sure if it was new construction or a remodel. But it was, but it was not complete. It was close, but it wasn't complete. And they had stopped work because they were having all kinds of issues. Yes. And so they're like, "We need somebody to come in and tell us what the hell's wrong," because there's some shit going on here that we don't understand. Yep. So, so I don't think it matters. I don't think, I don't think that a house has to be old. And I'm not a, I'm not a believer that old houses are haunted anyway. Now, okay, I'm going to use the term haunted as in haunted, like where you're going to get have negative experiences. I don't. It doesn't bother me if another another person who maybe lived in that house 150 years ago. If we're talking about like grand old Victorian gingerbread houses, the beautiful ones, you know, if somebody who built that house still wants to be there, I could care less. Fine, be there. You know, don't push me down the freaking stairs, right? I mean, you know, don't turn the stove on and then leave when nobody's home. Don't do stupid shit. Otherwise, I'm going to have to ask you to get out. But if you want to be there because you love the place, and I bought it because I love the place, and it's 150 years after you passed away, but the house is still there and it's absolutely gorgeous, we're going to share that space together, and we're just going to have to mutually respect one another. But that doesn't, to me, that's not like a, a haunting a haunting to me, the, the term haunting invokes fear. And I don't know, maybe that's just the way I interpret haunting and maybe because of all the stuff I experienced growing up in my life. But like, I don't consider a haunting to necessarily, you know, a place to have activity is different to me than a haunted house. The place that has activity is just active. It's just alive. There's just different generations of people there that are still there because they want to be there because they love the place. And in that respect, there's not negative energy. There's positive energy. They're bringing nothing but love and light to the location because they love it so much. You're bringing nothing but love and light to the location because you bought it because it's so damn beautiful. So it's it should be a happy coexistence and everybody should be along. And down the road, when you pass away, I pass away, in that situation, in that picture I just painted, I might also become part of that that memory there. 
I might stay there too for a while. You know, I mean, I love it that much. Maybe, maybe I really wanted to finish off uh, one of the rooms and, and I didn't get a chance to before I passed. And so I might be drawn to that location because of unfinished business. Like I really want to see this room get done. So then I become excited for the next purchaser, right? I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. Look at young couple, a lot of ambition. Woo! You know, finish this room. <laughs> then I can leave, right? Then I'm going to head out and go do, you know, go to my Greek Isle tour and go to Alaska and stuff like I want to do. So, I, you know, that's not a haunting to me. A haunting is where you can't sleep. You feel scared all the time. You don't want to be in your house. Uh, you know, it's just, it's just uncomfortable. Somebody's always staring at you. Somebody's always right behind you, watching you from the corner, like you said earlier. It always happens from the corner for whatever reason. Like nobody's ever sitting at the dining room table giving you the stare at death. It's always happening from a corner, you know, always. Uh, so I don't know. I I, I, I just don't think that a, a necessarily an older home is a haunted home. And, and I think if you go to older homes looking for it to be like that, you're going to be disappointed. You know, I think it's all over the board with where a location is going to be a haunted location. Right. So here's kind of how I would take that myth. I agree that it does not matter in any way, shape or form how old the house is because it doesn't necessarily have anything to do with the house. Right. If, I mean, I think the reason that there are so many stories and so many claims of people who move into older houses have paranormal activity is because they have the most history to them. They have, you know, so there's not a lot of history to the home if it's five years old and you're the only one that's ever lived in it. But that doesn't mean that the land doesn't have a shit ton of history to it, which will then in, I I use this, just use this term as a description, infect your home. You know, not only that, but that doesn't, that also doesn't, it doesn't matter what the age of the house is if you have a spirit attached to you. Correct. It's, you know, you may be fine for two, three weeks and then it's going to come back because it's going to find you again. Right. Uh, Think of it as a rubber band. You know, you can stretch it out so far and then you're going to shoot them right back, you know, to you. So you have to understand that there's more to you know a haunting there's more to any activity in a home than just the home and and again that's what a paranormal team will will find you that's what you know a a a medium will will find you is what kind of a haunting is it if it's intelligent you know if it's a brand new home and you're getting residual chances are it probably has to do with maybe a former home that was there and you just happen to put your home on top of where that one was, um, which is what you see a lot with spirits, you know, walking through walls. I think know? I think like old farmland, you know, that they notoriously buy farms and then obviously, sec, you know, section them out and build a shitload of homes and make it a development. I think that that happens a lot with that. Probably. You know, you know the proverbial, I saw a guy walk through my door and walked down my hallway and then just disappeared. You know, well, sure he did because it was probably the farmer, and that was maybe that was where his dairy barn was back in the day, you know. And now your house happens to be there, 
you know, probably one of my favorite ever episodes of Unsolved Mysteries was about a community uh, development that was built on top of an old yeah, uh, black, Native black, American burial ground. No, it was black. It was a black cemetery. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, the, the thing was the, the black hope curse, right. You know, because they had built, they, they did not take out the graves. They just, right. I think I watched that one with you. It was one of the first ones that we watched together when you were telling me about unsolved mysteries. Right. And, uh, they had multiple homes, brand new homes, right. one owner. They had bones uh, in their backyard when they were doing landscaping. Yeah. Right? They, like they, they found they remains found and stuff, they, coffins they, and stuff. Yeah. They, they found yeah. a couple of coffins. They, yep. they, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of different explanations for why hauntings exist, which has nothing to do with the age of the home. No. So, I mean, can it? Yes, of course it can. Well, sure. Um, Spiritualism back in the day. Right, could have been doing seance. If it's a if it's an old Victorian home where you had a lot of spiritualism, seance activity, stuff like that, absolutely. Who the hell knows what door you opened and you didn't close? Could that still linger? Absolutely, hundred percent. But then you take a look at a home, and I'm I think I took you there. I'm not positive, but when I when I was telling you that uh, when they moved the poor farm from Sunrise to North Branch, and then when they had the then the then the poor actual poor farm got the building got knocked down and then they they took that land and they built those houses did i ever take you back there no i, I think you I told me about i did it. i never took you there okay well one of the it was all brand new construction and one of the houses that was there part of their section of land brand new construction part of their lot was the freaking cemetery right here's the bad part about it the cemetery came from sunrise they dug up some of the coffins and some of the headstones, but not all of them. And then when they brought them and put them in there, they didn't organize it in any way, shape, or form. So you had coffins stacked on top of one another, not individual plots. It all got plopped in one big hole. Then they spread the headstones out. So there's no matching respect given to the remains with recognition of a headstone with a name on it. And that's right on somebody's property. I'm going to go out on a limb here. And I'm going to say that that house has a shitload of paranormal activity happening because of disgruntled, disgruntled spirits where he's literally he could see while he's drinking coffee in the morning, looking out his kitchen window. It was that damn close. I I will bet that that house has activity and it was brand new construction, but it's just because of the land mm -hmm. and disgruntled people and disgruntled spirits that have got disrespected. Big yeah. time. So exactly. <clears throat> so so honestly, you can add uh, a, another another factor of a haunting: other people's stupidity, mm. or lack of respect, or lack of respect. Well, I, I just kind of you know mold that throw, throw it up. Yeah, throw it all in there. Right. Yeah. So, um, all right. Well, there are a lot more myths and and whatnot that you know we'll we'll probably maybe we'll in a couple months. Them. Yeah. yeah, come back for, uh, you know, Myths of the Paranormal Part 2, you know, some of those things. Uh, but that does it for us this week. We'll be back with uh, uh, another great episode here next week. Uh, we'll probably have a, a guest. I just have to contact the person. Um, but get, a, it, get a hold of him and make sure it works. But if, it, it, if he can come on, he's been on before, and 
great guests with a lot of really good stories and good things to talk about. So exactly. And it's yeah. going to go right along with uh, our, you know, with myths and legends and stuff. Yes, like that. absolutely. So, yep. So uh, stay tuned for that, but until next week, stay healthy, stay safe. We want to see you back here. Everyone. Have- okay. Round two, name something that's not boring. A laundry. Oh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.